what is up everybody i'm back again what i mean by what i mean by that is last week i did episode 80 and i said i was gonna do episode 81 on friday spoiler alert i did not not because i was doing the thing where i say you know i'm putting limitations on myself i'm gonna do three episodes a week okay that's a football season thing for one two two uh something happened past week, Thursday and Friday. Thursday night, certain player won MV- NBA Finals MVP for the first time in his career, hopefully by most basketball fans' minds, putting him in the top 10 of all time, it just in my opinion. And then a certain CEO or a chairman of a quote-unquote sports league or sports entertainment business um, is being investigated for some non-disclosure agreements, disclosure agreements, some uh, Hush Hush Money. Um, doing something different again with MLB Weekly. Uh, I'm going to go through some power rankings. Okay, my top 10. And then another segment of Inskeeps 4. And that is episode 81. Okay. Let's get into it. Starting off. The Golden State Warriors defeated the Boston Celtics Thursday. Four games to two. Um, he won unanimous. This guy won unanimously, re- receiving all eleven votes for Finals MVP. He was awarded the 2022 Bill Russell NBA Finals Most Valuable Player Award, the first time he's been honored to go along a pair, to go along with a pair of regular season Kia MVP awards. Golden State superstar was the unanimous selection, like I said, after averaging 31 points, six rebounds, five assists. Per game in the series, this guy finished with 34 points, 7 assists, and 7 rebounds. And Thursday's clincher giving him 30 or more points. And 3 straight games at Boston's Garden. This guy now joins an exclusive list of players who have won 4 rings, 2 MVPs, and 1 at Finals MVP. Joining Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Tim Duncan, LeBron, Magic Johnson, and the GOAT, Michael Jordan. Thursday's outing marked an impressive bounce-back performance from Game 5, in which Curry missed all nine three-point attempts and 15 of 22 shots overall. But in testament to their depth and defense, the Warriors still won 104-94 to give themselves two chances to clinch the title. Now, if I hadn't said it already, it was Stephen Curry. Okay, I, I think it does throw him in that, in that top ten. While his defense is suspect, to say the least, um, he's still one of the best pure shooters of all time of the basketball. You know, I always argue with uh, college basketball fanatics that they don't watch the NBA because there's no defense. Well, could you say there's no defense, or are these all professional scorers of the basketball? And Stephen Curry is the best in terms of shooting, especially from long range. Okay, yeah, he can't dunk. Uh, he's not the best defensively. He's very quick. He can stay in front of his man, but in terms of kind of getting down and dirty, he really doesn't do that that much. But that's not the type of player he is. You know, it's like asking Tom Brady to go play tight end. That's not that's not who he is. Okay, now uh, that's that's probably not a good comparison, but um, it's like asking a defensive boxer to go for the knockout punch every round. That's they're defensive and they're waiting for their opportunity to strike. Okay, Curry's the opposite. All right, it's like a knockout hitter. 
who doesn't have the greatest defense. He's trying to go for the knockout early. Sometimes it gets him. Most of the time it doesn't because they're just that quick. They're that fast. It's like Curry. He's that quick. He's that fast. Yes, sometimes he has bad nights. But this is how it is. Congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. I kind of wanted the Boston Celtics to win, mainly because I wanted to give my buddy, who's a Lakers fan, crap um, for uh, going up one, one up the Lakers. I'm always like Brad Stevens. I know he's not their coach anymore. I did make that error um, in, a, in an earlier episode. But um, I'm 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 glad the Golden State Warriors won at the same time. I'm not a big fan of Draymond Green. If I if you if I made a top five of athletes right now, I do not like LeBron James and Draymond Green are in that top five. Draymond at one, LeBron at two. I love their athletic ability. Well, I love LeBron's athletic ability. Draymond probably I probably have as much athletic ability as him. To say the least, now that's a big thing to say for a guy living in a basement. So uh, the trash talk stops there. So my, my uh, trash talk on Draymond Green stops there, but he is not my favorite. I would not say they are hated LeBron, Draymond, and there's a few others um, I would not put in there. But uh, I would put in there, but I would not talk trash on them. I would just say I'm not a fan of them. But I do respect their ability. I respect the fact that they have won. So. Um, again, congratulations to the Golden State Warriors. Now on to a different subject. From Bleacher, from Bleacher Report, again, this is from Friday. No, this is Saturday. Vince McMahon, no, this was Friday. Vince McMahon steps aside as WWE CEO, chairman amid probe. Stephanie McMahon named interim, which I think is awesome. She is now the CEO and chairwoman of the WWE. Um, again, he's stepping away from his roles as CEO and chair, chairman of the WWE Board of Directors amid an investigation into alleged misconduct the company announced Friday. McMahon will be placed by his daughter Stephanie on an interim basis while the investigation is ongoing. The company's board formed a special committee to investigate McMahon and the head of talent relations, John Laurinaitis. You'll know exactly why I did that if you Google who that is and watch five seconds of him talking. After both allegedly engaged in inappropriate behavior with a, with a former employee, McMahon will retain his role overseeing WWE's creative direction during the probe. Laurinaitis will also remain in his role. John Palladolo and Ted Mann of the Wall Street Journal reported McMahon secretly agreed to pay a former employee $3 million in January. McMahon and the employee allegedly had an affair. It was consensual from what I know. I have pledged my complete cooperation to the investigation by the special committee. And I'll do everything possible to support the investigation. Blah, blah, blah. I'm not reading the whole thing. Um, again, that was on Bleacher Report. First off, what does this mean creatively for WWE? Not much is going to change. I think Vince will show up more as he did Friday and Raw on Monday Night Raw. On WWE's flagship start, not flagship program, but the start, the promo at the beginning, it says then, now, together, forever. And Vince McMahon said that. And then on Monday, he basically kind of hyped up John Cena's return next week. Um, we just had Father's Day. America's Father returns next week. Monday Night, not Monday Night Raw, Laredo, Texas. John Cena is back. Let's get a cheer there. So if you didn't hear it, that's why. Um, anyway, Cena's back next week. This man's being investigated. There was an update. I believe John Laurinaitis. I'm going to look this up real quick. Be sure. Okay, so WWE names new interim head of talent relations to replace John Laurinaitis. WWE issued a memo to talents Monday, so yesterday, 
evening following Raw, announcing that senior VP Bruce Pritchard will be taking over um, as the interim head of talent re- relations effective immediately, according to PWI Insider, Pro Wrestling Insider. The memo also informed talents that John Laurinaitis has been placed on administrative leave in light of these serious allegations made against him and Vince McMahon. This memo added that Laurinaitis will not be on the road with WWE pending the conclusion of our board of directors' internal investigation, blah, 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 blah. Noted earlier, Laurinaitis has not been on the road since the WWE Board of, Re- board of Directors investigation was publicly revealed last week. Alright, that's enough reading stuff. Um, if you want my opinion on it, it sounds like it was a, an intern or somebody in the board, on the, maybe somebody on the board, somebody, I don't know. McMahon had an affair with him. Uh, if it was consensual, okay, I understand that's against work policy, I get that. But I'm not going to sit here and bash the guy because he has bad creative decisions. So we want to act like what he did was just mass murder. And it's the worst thing anyone could do. Um, if you are full-on judging the man, I'm sorry, something fell. If you are full-on judging this man and not giving him any sort of leeway, like, well, you know, if it was consensual, it was consensual. Yes, it was wrong not to do that at the work. In the workplace, can't do that. No, no, bad Vince. What are you thinking? Um. I'm going to assume you've had an affair and you have not set it out and maybe you're listening with your wife right now or your girlfriend right now. And this is to anybody. I'm not calling anybody out. I I have a problem with people who judge these celebrities or these athletes or anyone and they don't give them any sort of leeway. They don't give them any sort of call on their opinions. And you have no right to your opinion. But if you're going all out saying, this man needs to be hung in the streets. He needs to be arrested. He needs to be in prison for the rest of his life. For however long he's going to be around. I don't ever want to see him again. WWE so bad with him. He's he's awful. He's ruined everything. Like, we're, I'm going to assume you have skeletons in your closet and you're nowhere near as perfect as you act. So, if that's your opinion, you're basically showing everyone who and what you are. Now, is this wrong? Yes. Is it the worst thing in the world? No. Is it Against company policy, heck yes it is, especially as a CEO and a chairman. You're supposed to set an example for everyone around you, kids who look up to you. I have looked up to Vince McMahon before. Um, I don't really look up to celebrities. I'm past that point in my life. Um, I don't... Some people think Vince McMahon is going to use Laurinaitis as a scapegoat, hence why maybe he's not there anymore. Uh, Laurinaitis, right, right now. Um, Bruce Pritchard, who's another great creative guy taking over for talent of relations. Uh, so I don't really know the think to it. Um, there, it was a paralegal, by the way, not an intern. That was my fault. Um, apparently, what set this off was uh, in 2019, McMahon allegedly increased her salary from 100,000 to 200,000 after they began a relationship, a physical relationship. So, anyways, that was my opinion on that. I was not trying to call anybody out. What I was saying was stop throwing stones when you're living in a glass house. I don't know if I have that term right, but I'm going to move on to my MLB power rankings. And then M skips four. Something else I did not mention was Rob Gronkowski retired. He'll probably come back later on in the season, but he did retire. And some people are saying, um, congratulations to the GOAT on your retirement. If I ever hear him call the GOAT one more time, I'm going to freaking lose it. He is not the GOAT. Tony Gonzalez is the GOAT. And you're like, oh, well, you're biased because you're a Chiefs fan. No, I'm the GOAT because he had crappy quarterback play. And the best quarterback ever had was Matt Ryan. Meanwhile, Rob Gronkowski up in New England 
with his four rings, five rings, and one down in Tampa. Um, had Tom Brady and was the number one receiving option for the longest time and still has numbers nowhere near Tony Gonzalez does. So if you think he's the GOAT, especially in a passing league, when Gonzalez was not in a passing, well, he was and he wasn't. But you still want to say Gronk's the GOAT? No. And by the way, the best avail- ability is availability. Gonzalez missed two games out of his career. Gronk missed, what, three seasons? So Gronk is not the GOAT. Tony Gonzalez is. I don't care what anybody says. Most of these are subjective. However, this is not. I'm right, you're wrong. If you think that, I will get into that later. It will be power rankings. Okay, I'm just doing the top five. Coming in at number five. The Boston Red Sox. They've won 14 of 17. They're dangerous. And I honestly feel like they're much better than their full season. Their record right now indicates. Okay. Again, that's just my opinion. Maybe my opinion on the two-man thing did not stand right, but Yankees fans, I'm sorry. Number four, the Toronto Blue Jays. They had a great comeback on, on Sunday to avoid being swept by New York. They have still have a lot more to do. So far, they're, what, 12 games behind, but they aren't second. Number three, I have the Dodgers. Yes, they do have Walker Bueller and Mookie Betts injuries to deal with. However, they are 40 and 25, and they're the Dodgers. Okay. Um, number two is New York Mets. Um, I noticed that, and I was looking at kind of different power rankings and stuff and certain stats, and I noticed that the Mets um, were 47 and 21 at this point, which isn't too far off. They're 45 and 24, actually updated. No, yeah, they're 45 and 24. They didn't play yesterday. Um, and then next up, first one of 50 wins, New York Yankees. Um, by the way, who's the fastest team in 20 and 50 wins in a season in MLB history? Um, the San Francisco Giants in 2014, who beat the Royals in seven games, barely, just barely, almost had a party at Paul Rudd's mom's house after that. Thanks a lot, Madison Bumgarner. Ruining my party plans. Jerk. We're going to laugh. Maybe the baseball season is so hard. I don't have a lot of opinions on it. Um, I do have a lot of opinions on it because I love baseball, but this is not your typical ranting-type podcast, and there's not a lot of rant about. Okay, after the All-Star break, going into trade deadlines and uh, the Kansas City Royals, hopefully they can get something going. They've had a good week the past week, and when I mean get something going, they were 74-88 and 88 last year. I predicted 70-80 to 80 wins, okay? Right now they're sitting at 24-42. and 42. That's like, oh, Dalton, that's nothing to write home about. If they can go on a winning streak here and stay 10 games under 500 or less, that's almost where I wanted them for the most part. So while that's I'm I'm rooting for them to like be bad. I'm not rooting for them to be bad. I'm rooting for them, for them to improve on what they did last year. And I actually think they have a better team than they did last year. They've just started out horrible. And Dayton Moore keeps putting his foot in his mouth by saying Cal Elder is the best pitching coach of all time, and we'll get it together. And I think this team are champions off the field. We just need to make them champions um, on the field. So, um, you know, 2021 they were off the field champions. So. This year or next year, I think, will be World Series champions. He didn't say that, but he might as well have. Yes, that's me mocking Dayton Moore. I don't remember how he talks. I don't want to know how he talks. I honestly want to see him retire and just, you know, walk off into the sunset. 
just just enjoy. You have a lot of money. You got a World Series ring. Thank you. Kansas City thanks you for that. But go go enjoy the beach. Okay, go go to Miami. Go go to L.A. Go to Italy. Nowhere near Kansas City unless we have a time where we want to honor you for some god-awful reason. Maybe you are living in Miami and we face the Marlins. We'll honor you there. Stay away from Kansas City. Anyways, that's that. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm getting angry. The Tony Gonzalez thing and Dayton Moore being stupid. Did I cheer earlier? I meant to uh, I hit cheer at that last. I'm being silly. I'm sorry. I'm going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. So this week's segment of Inscape Spore almost dropped my microphone. That was bad. Anyways, this week's segment of Inscape Spore is the most loved. Like, how? Why would you hate them? What is wrong with you? Do you hate yourself? Okay, again, and we're going from popularity. So it's not about stats. It's not about accomplishments. I'll mention them, but it's not about that. It's just everyone loves them. Like, how could you hate them? Is it? It's probably because just the way they carry themselves. It's something happened to them, or it's it's just kind of anything you can think of. And again, it's popularity. So I do NFL, NBA, MLB, WWE for you first-time listeners, or if you don't remember. Um, okay, starting off, WWE, Rey Mysterio. Everyone loves him. He's kind of a true underdog. I could have used him last week as well, but there are people who don't like Jeff Hardy, okay, because of his personal demons. They're like, okay, Jeff, get it together. So I, I went with Rey Mysterio. Next up is Lou Gehrig. Okay, Lou Gehrig's disease is named after him. He, he, was, he considered himself at one point the luckiest man alive because of the sport he played and stuff like that. All right. Um, NBA, Kobe Bryant. All right. I know there is some stuff he dealt with at the NBA, earlier in his career, but just the way he played, the respect he had for the sport, okay, most people loved him. I'm, I'm sure I could have came up with Shaq or Charles Barkley, but I kind of wanted to go with Kobe. Okay. Um, and then NFL, I would say Peyton Manning. I feel like a lot of people love that guy. There's other guys, Troy Polamalu, okay, uh, Joe Burrow. Well, I couldn't say Joe Burrow because I see a lot of people say, oh, too many people love Joe Burrow now. It's now I don't like him because he's overrated or he's overloved. Like he's... So Peyton Manning, a lot of people love him, whether they did during his career or now, I don't know. Okay, just like Kobe Bryant, whether they did at the beginning of his career during those allegations we're not going to talk about on this show which I hardly ever do, but because Vince McMahon was kind of a big thing, that's something I'll talk about. You're not going to hear me talk about Deshaun Watson, what he's going through, okay? You're not going to hear me talk about what Ben Roethlisberger or Kobe Bryant went through. Vince McMahon, that's a different thing. He's a chairman of WWE. He's not a quarterback of a sports team. Okay, so Rey Mysterio. Um, my favorite moment is Rey Mysterio's career. I'm not even going to go over his stats and accomplishments because I, I love everyone loves him, and I love Rey Mysterio. Um, favorite moment from his career. Um, there was a wrestler who died back in 2005, um, Eddie Guerrero, okay? 
Um, you guys would know about that if you watched Dark Side of the Ring, about Chris Benoit's death and the stuff surrounding that when he was basically a double murder-suicide. Um, with Chris Benoit, a lot of that started when Eddie Guerrero passed away. That kind of downspin. Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero were best friends. Well, Rey Mysterio was friends with uh, Eddie Guerrero as well. They came up together in the wrestling business. One of their most famous matches was WD was WCW. I think it was uh, Halloween something. I don't remember what the WCW pay-per-views were called. Um, my favorite moment was in 2006, the Royal Rumble. It's my favorite pro wrestling event there is. It's 30 men or 30 women now. Back then it was just 30 men. Um, separate matches nowadays. One men, one woman. Anyways, um, Rey Mysterio entered in at number two. So the first two entrants... Lasted an hour and ten minutes. Again, I know it's scripted, I know it's fake, but he won. Did that for Eddie Guerrero. He came out in the lowrider. He said, I'm going to get this win for Eddie. Eventually, he goes on to WrestleMania 22 and wins the World Heavyweight Championship in one of my favorite matches of all time. And a triple threat, every man for himself, a three-way, if you want to call it that. Um, Rey Mysterio wins the whole World Heavyweight Championship. That was one of his WrestleMania moments. Next year, it comes up to his uh, 20-year anniversary when he debuted in the WWE. Um, so I hope they do something for him, too. Rey Mysterio month. He definitely deserves it. Um, he's up, not necessarily on John Cena's level, but in ter- terms of respect, and everybody loves him, it'd be Rey Mysterio. And again, I could have John, done John Cena with this as well, but I've already done John Cena. So, that was Rey Mysterio. Um, Lou Gehrig. So, this is kind of personal to me. Um, he was, he played for the New York Yankees 17 years. Um, he did get a disease that forced him to retire at 36. It claimed his life two years later. Um, he had a famous quote that I'm trying to find. Um, his farewell from baseball was capped off by his iconic um, 1939 luckiest man on the face of the earth speech at Yankee Stadium. Something I got to find. Um, he, at one point, he was voted the greatest first baseman of all time. Um, I had a grandmother um, who passed away from Lou Gehrig's disease. I was very close with her. So when I was a kid, I think I was in eighth grade. It's about 12 years now. So. Some something I uh, kind of holds dear to me. I'm not a Yankees fan by any means. You guys know that. I'm not a fan of a lot of the uh, uh, the white collar franchises, the Yankees, the Cowboys, Lakers, Celtics. But there was respect for him because of the history. And Lou Gehrig's part of that Yankees history. So Lou Gehrig, um, everyone loves him. Who who does not love that guy? Maybe a hundred years ago when he was playing uh, for the Yankees, uh, maybe Red Sox fans hated him. But towards the end. Who doesn't like the guy? So, Lou Gehrig is another part of that Inscapes 4. Um, Kobe Bryant. Um, it's hard not to love him. He's kind of what kept the NBA afloat during the early 2000s after Jordan and right before LeBron. Um, he's the closest say If you watch this video of Kobe and Jordan where everything they did was almost identical. He's the closest thing we ever, we ever saw to Michael Jordan since Jordan ever retired. Uh, Kobe did it all the right way, too. Stayed with the same franchise his entire career. Yeah, there were some bumps on the road, but he it was Laker, purple and gold forever. Um, when, I remember when he announced his retirement prior to the 2016 season, and he did the um, Dear Basketball. Um, I won on the Oscar on, on Bleacher Report. I remember what it was. And then his last game ever was probably one of my favorite moments to see. I don't remember a lot of his championships, um, the early ones, because I was too young. And that, that one, I just wasn't watching baseball much at the time. It was around 2012, 2013, I became this big sports fan. Like, for the most part, I was just the uh, Kansas City Chiefs and wrestling. And then I stopped watching wrestling and then just watched all sports and the pandemic hit. And now I'm back to loving 
all sports and all pro wrestling. So I don't even care what it is. I don't care if it's the NHL or New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, Pro Wrestling promotion. I'll watch it all. Anyways, Kobe again, one of the all time greats. He deserves all the love and respect in the world. Still can't believe he's gone. It, it kind of hit me when Jim Rome was talking about it, and it didn't hit me. I was kind of watching all day. I wasn't working. I was trying to watch the Pro Bowl, actually. I didn't want to believe it had actually happened. I was like, I want to watch the freaking Pro Bowl. Why are we talking about this? There's no way it actually happened. And I did. And I remember Jim Rome saying I never. he never thought, the way he put it, he never thought Pat Tillman would never come home, and he never thought Kobe Bryant would die. At least that the way he did. He thought he'd die of old age, just dies in his sleep. He's just worn out. Dies in his sleep. Kind of should have ended off with that, but it went off on a lighter note. Peyton Manning. Uh, I honest, I don't know what's not to love about the guy. I, I think he's funny. He was an awesome quarterback. Yeah, he went to the Broncos, and he beat up on my Chiefs a lot. And every time, I remember his last game ever at Arrowhead. It was 2015. It was the last time the Broncos ever beat the Chiefs so far. Russell Wilson might change that. Although, because I love Peyton Manning so much, I'll wait till Arch Manning goes to the Broncos. And maybe Manning can beat the Chiefs again. But you know what? I'll leave it there. I'll leave it to that. Um, it was, I'll actually re recollect that memory. Uh, it was 2015. It was Thursday night football. I was watching. Everybody was asleep. I had my dog with me. That dog is now gone. He's been gone for a few years, but it was one of my favorite moments with that dog. I was just watching the game, and Jamal Charles, one of the greatest running backs of all time. I don't care what anybody says. Not a Hall of Famer, though. Too many injured role seasons. Again, best ability is availability, but at one point he did hold the average for yards per carry. It's 5.6 at one point. I think Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor has overtaken that. I think it was Derrick Henry, not Jonathan Taylor. But anyway, Jamal Charles. and he, But he did have some issues, again, availability, and he did have some fumbling issues. And every great player has their, their niche. Like Peyton Manning couldn't throw a tight spiral, didn't have the biggest arm. Uh, or Tom Brady, he... Checks down too much. I, I, don't, I don't know. I'm just thinking. Anyways, Jamal Charles. Uh, Denver's defense, 2015, one of the best defenses of all time. It's tied 24-24. There's, what, 23 seconds left? And the Chiefs, they're they're just kind of running the clock out. It's too early to kneel. They're too far back. So they hand off to Charles. It's a draw play. And Jamal Charles, as he's diving, he kind of has he's kind of reaching forward a little bit. He has that ball tucked up on his forearm. You know what I'm talking about? And I think it was Bradley Roby who knocked the ball out, and he actually got the touchdown. Or was it, I think it was Brandon Marshall, the Broncos linebacker, not the receiver, um, knocked it out. And then Bradley Roby picked up the score, and they won 31-24. And when I was talking about my dog, I got up, and I just screamed, no, no, what the heck? And my dog just looked at me, he's like, kind of giving you kind of that growl. He's like, go to bed. He was an old English bulldog. So there's a lot with that that last loss against the the, uh, the Chiefs had against the Broncos that, uh. Anyways, Peyton Manning, he's funny. You watch him on Manning cast. He's a good guy. He's a good, and I don't like getting into this. He's a good Christian. Two-time Super Bowl champion, five-time MVP, two-time Offensive Player of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year 2012. It wasn't that great of a season. I mean, they lost in the divisional round. I mean, how great could have it been? <laughs> Kidding. Um, Peyton Manning. Yeah, so you got Peyton Manning, Lou Gehrig, Kobe Bryant, and Ray Mysterio. Um, I'm going to go on to my rant. So, Rob Gronkowski did retire. And everybody's saying, oh, he's the GOAT, he's the GOAT. But remember, he had Tom Brady his whole career. And yes, I do take that into account. I don't, your quarterback is a big, 
Because if your quarterback can't get the ball to you, but you're still putting up great numbers, but your quarterback is not that great, and he, he misses you on throws, but you're still putting up great numbers. I mean, hello, Tony Gonzalez. Tyler Thigpen, no offense, I do like Thigpen. Um, Brody Croyle, Damon Heward, Opus Gerbach at one point, I believe. And his best quarterbacks were Trent Green and Matt Ryan. And while I love Matt Ryan and Trent Green, they're not better than the likes of Alex Smith or Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady. People will say Matt Ryan or Trent Green are better than Alex Smith, but they're not. They're lying to you. Just because Alex Smith didn't chuck it or sling it enough to their liking. And then everyone says, oh, he didn't win enough playoff games when he was the Chiefs 49ers. Um, bad coaching, bad defense. Wide receivers dropping open passes that just went to Miami. Tyree Kill, we know. You, you know, I'm not salty about that, but the way he's been acting has made me salty. Anyways, I'm just going to compare Tony Gonzalez. So, receiving yards, career. Tony Gonzalez is at six. I'm going to look for Rob Gronkowski. Okay, looking. 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 Still not seeing Rob Gronkowski. That's weird. Still not seeing him. Oh, there's Shannon Sharp at 50. Rob Gronkowski, 60. He has 9,286 yards. Tony Gonzalez, all time. All time. 15,127. And then people say, oh, well, you know, he was hurt. Okay. Well, when he was, uh, if he wasn't hurt, or no. Well, he was hurt. So again, availability is your best ability. And he didn't have that. And he was number one receiving option for the best quarterback of all time. And if you don't agree with that, the most accomplished quarterback of all time. And he still did not put up numbers anywhere near Tony Gonzalez or Antonio Gates. So let's do receptions. Definitely know he's not on here because Tony Gonzalez is three behind Jerry Rice and Larry Fitzgerald. Let's look for Gronk again. Travis Kelsey is above Gronkowski on receptions, and Travis Kelsey has played three years longer. Yeah, Travis Kelsey play, or Gron Rob Gronkowski's played three years longer. Sorry, my phone went off and it distracted me. Oh, Gonzalez is at three. Gronkowski is at, oh, yeah, 80. Well, again, he was a number one receiving option. Supposedly the greatest of all time. To the greatest of all, greatest quarterback of all time. Am I, am, I not, am I making my point here? Don't call Rob Gronkowski the co GOAT when you don't know the stats and you don't know what you're talking about. Especially when availability is your best ability. Receiving touchdowns. Okay. Tony Gonzalez. He is eight. And this is the only stat where he's behind a tight end, and that's Antonio Gates. And Antonio Gates. Antonio Gates played, I think, one year longer and has five more receptions than he does. And that's actually very impressive because I'm pretty sure Antonio Gates was out one full year. As you can tell, I love Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates, so you can't tell me I'm being biased because Antonio Gates played for my most least liked rival.
Sorry, my boss is texting me. Not a big fan of that guy. Anyways, looking for Rob Gronkowski still on receptions. Did I miss him? There's no way he's that low. Or receptions, touchdowns. Receiving touchdowns, sorry. Okay, Rob Gronkowski is 12. I'm going on this rant talking crap while I'm getting texts from other people. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is 12, so I will give him that. But in terms of receptions, receiving yards, the quarterback you played with, like, come on. Like, okay, Tony Gonzalez had Trent Green and Matt Ryan. They have three playoff wins over their career. Okay, Trent Green has a Super Bowl ring as Kurt Warner's backup. Fine. Whatever. Not a big deal. Um, Matt Ryan would have had a ring uh, three years after Matt, uh, Tony Gonzalez retired, but he blew that lead against the assumed GOATs. There's some goat tight end and goat quarterback. Now, again, I know the goat emoji is kind of just like, oh, they could be considered, considered one of the greatest of all time. That's fine, but don't call him the outright goat. And again, I know it's subjective. I know I get heated, but Tony Gonzalez should have had a Super Bowl ring in his career. Should have been traded somewhere else. Um, Carl Peterson should not have completely spat in his face by saying, oh, Tony, we'll keep it under wraps. And then, what, two weeks later, it's out in the, out in the paper, back when people still read the paper. Since my frustration there. Since I am so frustrated, I'm going to end off on that. Um, it is Enskeep Sports and Entertainment, episode 81. I'm out of here. Thank you. Mm-hmm.